Welcome to the Audacity to Podcast, episode 179. Does SEO really matter in podcasting? Thank you for joining me for the Audacity to Podcast. I'm Daniel J. Lewis, and this is the award-winning how-to podcast about podcasting. It's where I give you the guts and teach you the tools to launch or improve your own podcasts for sharing your passions and finding success. I'm on this little mini-series of talking about challenging the podcasting assumptions, the things that we may have taken for granted or that we are just believing because we hear other podcasters say it. I just read an article today that was from Buffer Blog on how to podcast, and it had some great information in it, but there were certain things on it that I just felt like their their whole approach to the research that they did was not based on actual scientific study, but was based more on what are other podcasters doing. The majority of podcasters publish on this day, so therefore, since the majority of popular podcasters are publishing on this day, you should probably publish on this day. That's, I think, the wrong direction to go with it. But still, the article had great information and big thanks to Buffer for putting out some great information on podcasting. But that's the kind of assumptions or collection of assumptions that we want to challenge with this series. So you can get all of these episodes and the links to them in the show notes for this episode at theaudacitytopodcast.com slash 179. Now, the reason I'm not using a keyword for this URL is because I want to save that keyword for something else I will be doing later on. So in this episode, let's talk about SEO, search engine optimization. Search engine optimization matters really on every single platform on the web. It's not just about blogs or web pages. It's also about social networks, about communities, about tweets, about videos, and about podcasts. So whatever kind of content you're hosting, this might be beneficial to you, but we're going to look at this from the perspective of podcasting because podcasting is usually audio or video. Well, that's pretty much all that there is in podcasting. Yes, technically it can be some other things too, but I haven't seen anyone who does those other things. So when we're working with audio and video content, SEO is a little bit different, but still it may or may not matter. So let's look at that because so many people say you have to optimize your site for search engines. It has to be this. You have to use these keywords, all this stuff. Is that really true? Does SEO really matter for audio or video content? This topic was suggested by Joshua C. Liston. He said, does keyword loading your show title or author field, et cetera, any kind of SEO really work long-term? So let's talk about that. You can follow along if you'd like at the show notes, theaudacitytopodcast.com slash 179. So first, so we're all on the same page. What is search engine optimization? Simply put, search engine optimization or SEO is about organizing your written content so that it shows up in searches. Now, right now, it's written content, but in the future, It might be more. And there are already technologies around that can search and index audio or video content. But don't think about SEO as just a Google thing. Yes, Google is the most popular search engine out there, but it's not the only search engine. Like Bing and Yahoo are other places that people go to search the web for stuff. 
But besides that, there are things that we don't usually think of as search engines, but we use them as search engines, like YouTube and iTunes and Amazon.com. Just earlier today, I was looking for a video from, it ended up being from Mad TV, and I have a link to this video in the show notes later on when I mentioned don't get crazy. But I searched for something. I didn't search Google. I didn't search Bing or Yahoo. I searched YouTube. That was my first go-to search engine for this particular content that I was looking for earlier today. But also iTunes and Amazon.com are search engines because people go there to search, especially if what looks like iOS 8 will do is make the podcasts app a permanent installation on the apps and you won't be able to uninstall it on new iOS devices. And if that is true, that's just with a current beta version that it looks like it will be that way. If that's the way that carries out with iOS 8, there will be a lot more people using the podcast app on iOS devices, maybe just checking it out and searching to find something that they might be interested in. So iTunes is a search engine. Amazon.com is a search engine too, because so many people, when they want to buy something, when they want to check a price for something, when they want to see if a certain product or book or item already exists, so many people go to Amazon.com for that information. They also go to eBay.com and other sites like that. Maybe they have a favorite retailer, but Amazon is probably one of those top, if not the top, retailers that is also kind of a search engine. Now, Amazon is a little bit fringe for this podcasting space because you have to have a product in order to be on Amazon.com, which if you can be on Amazon.com with a product for your niche, great thing to do because that can really help with SEO on that particular engine. But let's focus on the content search engines, Google, YouTube, Bing, Yahoo, and iTunes. These are content search engines and the most popular one. The core strategy of your SEO is writing quality content that uses relevant keywords that your potential audience would use in order to find the stuff that they want. And that stuff you want them to find is your stuff. And you have to remember that search engine algorithms are always changing. Google just recently updated this. And, you know, I can say that. And still, this episode can be timeless because Google is always updating their algorithms. Other search engines are updating their algorithms. All of these updates are focusing on improving the search results by bringing the high-quality content to the top and then diminishing some of those shady bits out there and shady practices and also better suggesting related relevant content when someone enters a particular word. Like if I type in web host, I might also get web hosting or web hosts with an S at the end. That kind of stuff related or similar words, that sort of stuff is what search engines are trying to do to make it more human-like. That's what so many search engines want to do is become more human-like and they are starting to reach that as they prioritize things that humans prioritize. So they're recognizing high quality content. They're recognizing the things that frustrate users when they get to a website looking for high quality content, but there's this other stuff happening instead. Search engines are learning to adapt to that and they're becoming increasingly human. So my quick tip, if you want to work with SEO, is focus 
on what humans want, not what the machines want, because the machines are becoming increasingly human. And you always want your content to appeal to the human because that's ultimately who you want to consume your content. You don't just want a bot out there consuming your content. So before we get into should you or shouldn't you and what are some good practices or bad practices, think about how SEO can help your podcast. When you're optimizing your content for search engines, you are making it easier for people to find your content. And showing up in search results is a big way to grow your podcast audience. But you have to do something with those clicks. You have to inspire them to take action. If they just get to your content, they glance around and then they leave, or we call that a bounce, then you're not reaching them in the right way. So yes, you might bring millions of people to your site, but if you don't inspire them to do something when they get to your site, or you don't give them the information that they're looking for, then you're losing a huge opportunity to influence people for the better, to have more influence on the culture as a whole, and be seen as a respectable person in that industry, as a a thought leader or authority figure in that industry. So if you're using SEO to bring people to your site, make sure your site does something that inspires those new visitors to take action and stay connected with you for further content. Popular ways that people will do this is with an email newsletter or with subscription buttons. That's why I created my plugin subscribe and follow is to inspire people to take action when they visit a site and see those nice buttons to be able to subscribe in iTunes or RSS feed and all of these other things. There's an update coming out for that very soon. And Whatever it is that you do, you don't want to alienate your regular subscribers and you don't want to annoy the people who are coming to your site. So what SEO does for you is it helps people find you and come to your site. Let's take, for example, a tennis podcast. You would want people to find your podcast by searching for the words tennis and podcast. But that's probably not all that you do is just use the keywords tennis podcast. And that's probably not the only thing you realistically want to be found for. Because how many people actually want a podcast about tennis? Or let me put it this way. How many people know that they want a podcast about tennis? They just may want content about tennis and then they discover oh, there's a podcast here. I can listen to this. I didn't know there was a podcast about tennis. And so they can subscribe to that podcast. They're finding information they didn't know that they wanted. So don't assume that people are going to look for whatever keywords it is that you use plus podcast. Think that they're going to look for those keywords without the word podcast. So In the case of a tennis podcast, you would also want to show up in the results for tennis. Well, that's such a broad, broad keyword. There are so many sites out there that will rank higher than yours because of the word tennis. And people don't so much search anymore just for a single keyword like that. They're looking for more specific information. And people are learning how to work with search engines to make more specific search results. So they might not just say tennis. They might say something like how to improve your tennis game or um, tennis news or tennis gear reviews. That kind of information is what people would be searching for more than just the word tennis. 
So if you have your content written well and optimized for search engines, that you're using some of these phrases that people would be searching for, then that's when people find your content. When you show up in more search results for relevant searches and you're providing relevant content, this increases your reputation and yes, could increase the size of your audience consuming your content, whether reading your blog, watching your videos, or listening to your audio. But don't think of it just in terms of increasing the audience listening or watching your podcast, but think about the influence this can increase. When people might be searching the web for who is an expert I could interview on my TV show about how to improve your tennis game, and they find your episode where you have in your blog post show notes, you have 10 points for how to improve your tennis game. And you talk about these in your podcast and a person can listen to that and hear, wow, this person is really good at explaining this. They're personal. They're funny. They have a great voice. They sound really knowledgeable. They flow with their conversation very well. This can lead to so many other greater opportunities, much more than simply making money or growing your audience. Think beyond just numbers and think about the influence. Think about the position, the respect. That might be something worth going for much more than just merely numbers. So SEO helps bring more people to your content, but also SEO helps make your content have a greater reputation in the online space where there are so many other people producing great content. Yours could rise to the top and be seen as higher quality if you're implementing some good SEO practices. So let me talk about that next. Some good SEO practices in podcasting before I talk about some of the bad SEO practices I see going on out there. We could spend hours and hours really talking about SEO strategies, and that's not the point of this podcast. The point of this podcast is to evaluate, or this particular episode, to evaluate is SEO something we should be focusing on and what are some basic ways we can do it. So I am planning to do a webinar on SEO for podcasters. If you'd like more information about that, then go over to the website, theaudacitypodcast.com, and sign up for the email newsletter so you'll be notified of when I'm going to schedule that. I'm looking at end of July for this premium webinar. It might be an hour or even two hours of content designed for podcasters about SEO and specific how-tos and techniques and strategies in all of these different places where you could work with optimizing your content for search engines. But let me give you just a few basic points on this. Number one, write great titles. Titles are the most important text in search engine optimization across the web. Look at Google, YouTube, iTunes, and every search engine out there. They prioritize the title more than any other text. Even just visually, they show you the title. Yes, they also search and index other things. Sometimes it's keywords, sometimes it's descriptions, sometimes it's the content. But the title is what shows up most prominently, and it's what affects your ranking the most for this particular episode or this particular post. Your titles are also what people will use commonly to decide whether this content actually interests them. If they search for how to improve my tennis game and they see a title, a post that is titled why my puppy is so amazing, they're not at all going to be interested in that. Even if your content is about 10 ways to improve your tennis game, 
but your title seems completely irrelevant. Titles are also commonly used in social networks like Twitter and Facebook, Google Plus, and other networks when sharing your content the title from the page will be pulled out and often used as the text to share. So writing great, compelling, concise, and also clear and explaining titles are hugely beneficial to your SEO. Consider three different kinds of ways that you could approach a particular title here. And this isn't the only three ways that you could do this, but these are just three particular ways. For example, John Smith shares 10 tips for being awesome. In that kind of title, the most prominent information is what's first. That's called front-loading. I'll talk about that in just a moment. And that is John Smith. So that's what people will see first in your title. This is really great if you have a well-known guest in your episode, a celebrity or someone that you think people would know who that is. If you can, put their name as early as possible in your title. So that's focusing on the reputation here, the name, and front-loading what might be most interesting to the audience if they know who John Smith is. Another way that you could do a title is 10 Ways to Be Awesome with John Smith. This includes the name, but this time you're focusing more on the highly shareable kind of title where it's 10 ways, or 5 steps, or 13 this. Something like that where you're using a number is highly shareable on social media. And when you write a number, by the way, for your titles... Even if you've read Chicago Manual of Style, which I have, or if you've read other style books or you have certain styles that say, spell the numbers out if they're up to a certain number, in your titles, write the number as the numerical characters. Don't spell it out. Write the actual number. So one zero instead of T-E-N for 10 ways. Then a third way that you could do this is you could ask a question that people might be typing into their search engines like, how can you be more awesome? Doing that is dropping the name and it's also dropping that shareable title, but it's focusing on what people might actually be searching for when they're going to the web trying to look for this particular content. This is one of the things I come to when I look at how I named my new podcast service, My Podcast Reviews, at mypodcastreviews.com. I went back and forth in my mind about should it be My Podcast Reviews or should it be Your Podcast Reviews? Because it kind of sounds cool to say, get your latest podcast reviews at yourpodcastreviews.com. But I thought about it and I realized more people like personalization. And when people enter search engines looking for how they can get their podcast reviews, they would probably type in, how can I find my podcast reviews and information like that. So I chose to name it in a way that fits more with what people would probably search. I could go the other way too. It's sometimes when it comes down to this, it comes down to just a decision on the details and which way that you want to go because one keyword may not be better than the other. It's what fits you, your brand, and your intent with this content the best. You can get more advanced SEO by adding some extra plugins to your site. Like on WordPress, you could use uh, WP SEO or all of the Studio Press themes have SEO built into them. There's the Yoast SEO plugin, which is WordPress SEO. There's all-in-one SEO. There are plenty of SEO plugins and tools out there. And some of them allow you to actually change the HTML page title, what the search engines and social networks see 
and let the page title be something different. I do this with all of my posts, but on the Audacity to Podcast, all that I do is I just strip the episode abbreviation from the title. So instead of the space hyphen TAP179 in the title, I just let the regular title be there. Sometimes I'll add an extra keyword, sometimes I won't. For The Ramen Noodle, my clean comedy podcast, what I do there is the post title that displays on the webpage as the big text will be something like our episode title and then hyphen TRN179, the episode abbreviation. But then the SEO title would be the name of the episode hyphen clean comedy podcast number 179. So I'm optimizing my search engine results and appearances by adding a little bit more to my HTML title or the SEO title instead of just my regular WordPress title. But it still comes down to writing great titles. That's number one. Number two, front load content. Front loading is where you put the most important, most interesting, and most concise information first in your titles, your excerpts, and even in your content. Just look at any news article out there from a respectable news source, and you'll usually see that the major parts of the story are given within that first paragraph, maybe even just the first sentence, maybe even just the headline. The more you read, the more details you get. Treat your content that way, where most of your content is forward. It's front-loaded so that people get that. They're hooked with that. Then they keep going for more details. So look at your titles, your written content, even your recorded content in your podcast episodes, and find where that most important stuff is. Move it toward the front of that content as much as possible. Because if you don't, people will fall off or they'll bounce away from the content if they're not getting relevant information very quickly. Just think about if you go to a movie and you go in and the first five minutes are absolutely horrible, they're pathetic, they're badly acted, they have cheap visual effects. Do you really think it's going to get any better in that movie? Would you be tempted to leave the theater? You might be. I would be too, except if I pay for something, I I usually want to stick it out and bear with it, but I also choose not to pay for things that I think could be cheaply done. But when it comes to your content, people can be the same because they're not invested in the content at all in terms of what it costs them to get the content. So they have no particular commitment. They may skip it just because it's not interesting your particular subject, that is, or they may skip it because it just sounds like you're not going to get into any kind of interesting information. So move your most interesting information up front. That way, they're not hitting your least in, in, least interesting information like the small talk, talking about the weather, telling some unrelated story, anything like that. They will leave hearing your great information or they'll be hooked because they got your great information and now they're willing to listen to your story about the weather or whatever it is in your personal life. So that's number two, front load your content. Number three, use images. Regardless of whether you're an audio podcaster or a video podcaster, your show notes on your website should have at least 
one relevant image. And it shouldn't be one of those cliche images like the hands shaking or the microphone. Oh, Unless you're talking about microphones, don't put a microphone anywhere on your podcast cover art or your designs or your images. Only do it if you're talking about microphones or if it really, really fits. And even if you think it fits, try to think of something else other than a microphone. Maybe it's a guy holding a microphone instead of just a microphone. But And by the way, you have a website with great show notes, right? Right. If you don't, I've got previous episodes on the Audacity podcast talking about your show notes. And those links are in the show notes for this episode at theaudacitypodcast.com slash 179. So not only does having an image on your site make your image more or your content more shareable on social networks like Pinterest, Facebook, and even Twitter, especially if you're using the Twitter cards, which I learned a great deal about just recently from Michael Stelzner in the Social Media Marketing Podcast, and I have a link to some great information that he has at socialmediaexaminer.com in the show notes for this post. But when you're making your content more shareable on these networks, that is one way you're helping your SEO, not because people will necessarily search these networks, though some people search Pinterest, sometimes Twitter, sometimes Facebook, but you're making your content more spreadable, more shareable by adding an image. But images also add practical SEO value when you're using an image on your web page for your particular show notes in basically two main ways. And this could change in the future, but the two main ways that images can help you are one, the file name, and two, the alt tag. The file name is, well, the name of the image itself. This does matter to Google and other search engines. This is for website search engines, where if you have a file name that's something like image 2375aabbc2x29.jpg, that doesn't matter to a search engine. That doesn't help at all to signify that this content and this image are related and that they're about this particular subject. But if you have a blog post, for example, that's called How to Be Awesome, and you name an image how-to-b-awesome.jpg, then that will help Google and other search engines see that this post not only has this title, but it has an image that has some of these same keywords, so it must be related. In WordPress, you can rename the image before you upload it, but once it's uploaded, by default, you can't rename the image on your site. Don't try going into your FTP and renaming the image that way because that will break things. Instead, there are two different WordPress plugins, and I don't have enough experience with either of these in order to recommend one or the other, but one is called Media File Renamer, and the other is Media Rename. Both of these plugins allow you to rename the images after you have uploaded them, and this is renaming the image file names that hold something 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 .jpg or .png or whatever. That can help you then with your SEO. If you've uploaded a stock photo and you realized, oh, I forgot to rename it, get one of these plugins. Don't use them both. Just use one, and it will allow you to rename your images after you've uploaded them. So you could go back and enhance some of your old posts with some nice SEO and not have to re-upload those images or recompress them or anything like that. So that's with the file name. The second way that images help your SEO is with the alt tag. HTML has this extra bit to it when you're inserting an image 
that is for alt text and or alternate text. And it's designed for the visually impaired because when the visually impaired use a website or use a browser, they're using a specialized browser that reads everything to them because they can't see it or they can't see it very well, but they still want to engage with the content and consume the content as much as possible. When a screen reader or whatever kind of browser it is that they're using gets to an image, if there is no alt tag for that image, the screen readers will typically say something like image. And that would be it. It, If you have a string of images, it would just say image, 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 image. And that would happen for every image you use. If you leave the alt tag in there, but don't put any text between the quotation marks, then what would happen is the screen reader would just skip over saying anything about that image. But to make your site more friendly for humans and more accessible for the visually impaired, use the alt text for greater explanation of what's going on in the image and in your post. For example, Your image might be a photo of John Smith, who is the most awesome person ever. So you could put that in the alt tag is John Smith, the most awesome person ever. So when someone with a screen reader gets to that image, their software might say something like photo of John Smith, the most awesome person ever. Or it might just say image, John Smith, the most awesome person ever. Different readers will respond differently with it, but it will read that content and Also, search engines read this content to find out what relationship this image has to your content. So this can be an opportunity for you to use more of the keywords that you want to use for your content or reiterate some of your strong keywords. But don't spam this field with just all of the keywords that you want to use. Still think about the humans. If a human were to read this, would it make sense? That's the kind of text you should use. You don't need a fancy plugin in order to incorporate this kind of thing because WordPress allows you to set the alt text every time that you embed or edit an image. It's not something that applies to one image once in your entire database, but every time you insert the image, you can have different alt text for the exact same image across different posts. So When you do that, the easy way to do it is when you're inserting your image, just look at where it says alt inside of WordPress or your other content management system, and you'll be able to type that text in. Think of it like a caption, really, just a caption that doesn't display to everyone out there. If you apply both of these techniques, then they'll end up as part of your image tag. And I have an example of what that would look like in the show notes for this episode at theaudacitypodcast.com slash 179, the HTML that this would actually look like. But you don't have to worry about that HTML because WordPress can take care of this for you as long as you do some things very smartly in managing your content. So that's number three, use images. Number four, make great content. Remember that search engines are becoming increasingly human. So whatever it is that you write needs to be high quality and not contain a lot of pointless stuff and fluff. And this is one of the reasons why I don't like transcriptions for podcast show notes, because it contains a lot of fluff, the back and forth. Even if it doesn't have much fluff in your conversation, just the way that a transcription has to read, where it's 
John. Hi, Bob. Hi, Jim. And you have every person's name repeated several times over and over like that. It is still a lot of fluff, even if your content has no fluff whatsoever. So that's why I don't really like transcriptions. I don't really see them as high quality content to read a conversation instead of reading the content that the conversation focuses on in some other form, though. The search engines right now don't index audio and video content. Now, that's right now. And when I say the search engines, I mean the major ones out there. There are some search engines that have been playing with indexing audio and video content, primarily the audio, because that's where the spoken word is. And they're getting certain traction in certain ways. And you may have seen certain popular ones that have come and gone over the last 10, maybe even more years. And I do think that we should be prepared for that day when search engines will also index audio. Even though it doesn't work that way right now, it will someday index audio. I'm absolutely confident of that. So if you have great content, your spoken content in your audio or video, then that makes it easier for these search engines that will someday index that spoken content to index what you're saying. This comes into play so much in in both writing and in speaking. For example, if I'm doing a movie review, I might start out saying, this is a review of the Lego movie. This movie was totally awesome. I really recommend that you see this movie. If you haven't seen this movie, go see it because it's one of my favorite movies. This movie is a movie that I want to own on a DVD as soon as possible. I, I could go on and on like that. How many times did I say the title of the movie? Once. And then I went on and on just saying this movie, the movie, and everything is awesome. That isn't keeping the context very well. Someone might miss the name of the movie. They might not remember that I'm talking about this movie because distractions, maybe they get a tweet, whatever it is. Try to keep the context in your content. And this helps both in your show notes and in your speech so that you're not just saying the movie, this movie, the movie, all of that over and over again, but also don't be like newscaster type where you're saying the Lego movie is an awesome movie. And I really think you should own the Lego movie on DVD because the Lego movie is awesome. That's just getting a little bit too spammy there, but make sure that you repeat that information because when your audio content is being indexed by search engines someday in the future, they'll catch those keywords. And do you want them to index the movie, the movie, the movie, the movie? Or do you want them to index the title of the movie or the name of the app you're talking about or a particular tool? So refer to things by proper nouns as much as possible. This is part of making great content. And when you write this out, it works very well too. Just make sure that you're not being too spammy. And I think you'll recognize on your own when you're using the proper noun a bit too much. Look for that in your content and focus on making great content. That's number four. Number five, optimize your site for speed and optimize your media for speed. Website search engines are starting to prioritize web pages that load more quickly. And this really makes total sense because we as humans prefer web pages that load quickly. How often have you gone to a website and it's 
taken a little bit to load and you decide to try one of the other search results that you found just because that first thing was taking too long or you got to the page and you couldn't find the content you were looking for. It's that kind of thing that search engines like Google are learning to prioritize a bit more. So for the website side of things, a caching plugin like W3 Total Cache or WP Super Cache, and there are some other caching plugins out there, even premium caching plugins that can help speed up your website. But there are also so many simple things that you can do yourself on your website to help make it load quickly. Like for one thing, don't make your content really far down on the page. Let it be high up on the page so when people link to that specific piece of content, They don't have to scroll very far before they can find your content, but also remove unnecessary plugins, remove the widgets on your sidebar, remove some of them, like especially some of the social widgets where it has like your Facebook like box or your photo stream for Flickr or anything like that, that can really slow down your site. And it might be stuff that realistically people may not care about. So try to reduce that stuff that's in your sidebar and that can help speed up your site also shrinking your images or maybe not using so many images can help reduce the time it takes to load your page there are many different ways to do this and certain plugins will help you do this resizing the images for you compressing them recompressing them putting on them on a cloud distribution network a cdn all of these things and that gets quite a bit technical but look for ways to speed up your website If you want a service to use to check how quickly your site loads, go to gtmetrics.com. That's gtmetrix.com to find out how fast your website loads there. Just be careful on that site because it can be a bit addicting as you start working with caching plugins and seeing, can I make this load one millisecond faster? Don't get obsessed. I've been there. It took a 12-step program. It was nasty. But also your media speed, looking away from your website at just your media, that speed can affect your ranking, not quite, but how likely it is for people to consume your content. If people press play and it takes a few minutes to download or even just a few extra seconds for the content to actually start playing, they might be tempted to go look somewhere else. So make sure that your media is on a fast media host. That's why I recommend Libsyn and Blueberry. By the way, my promo code Noodle gives you a free month with either of those services. And a way that you can make your media download faster is by making it smaller in addition to hosting it on a quality media host. You may think that you sound great at 384 kilobits per second in MP3, stereo, and all of that, but it's really just wasting some of your storage space. It's wasting your bandwidth And it's wasting the time of your consumers to try to download or stream this much larger file. And remember, even though broadband is so prevalent in the U.S. and across the world, mobile devices still have certain limitations on the file sizes they can download. So if you have a 200 megabyte file, someone may not be able to download it on their mobile device. Now, they may be able to stream it now that streaming is becoming more prevalent, but make sure, even if they can stream it, that still, they're only streaming 50 megabytes instead of 200 megabytes if they don't need 200 megabytes. If you're doing video, then HD could be one of your culprits for slowing things down so much. 
does your content really have to be in full 720p or 1080p or 4k or anything like that yeah it can look really nice but think seriously does your content have to be at that resolution to be visible what i do is for my video podcasting tips or podcasting video tips my separate show over at the audacity slash itunes video and also on youtube at the audacity slash youtube I release the downloadable videos, the podcast version, at 640 by 360. But the videos that I publish to YouTube are in full HD. That's either 720p or 1080p, depending on which camera I use to record it. So that way I still have something really nice and high quality out there where the visual quality matters a lot more to people. But for my podcast subscribers, it's still small enough to be convenient for them. And yet they can see what I'm talking about. They can get the idea of what I'm showing them from the content. So these tips for you good SEO practices are number one, write great titles. Number two, front load your content. Number three, use images. Number four, make great content. And number five, optimize your site and media for speed. Now, some bad SEO practices. I've seen some podcasters do this. And there are certainly many businesses out there who will claim that they can get you on the front page of Google or number one listing on Google. Hey, I can get you on the number one listing for Google. I just have to type in a really complicated search that would only bring up your content. But there are many of these places out there that will recommend really shady practices and ways to kind of hack the system in order to appear higher in search results in certain search engines. And I really recommend that you be cautious when it comes to these things and maybe not even follow those pieces of advice. Because if you follow that kind of stuff, you'll be one of the first victims in a search engine update. Because one of the purposes of these search engine updates that frequently come out is to lower the stuff that's just gaming the system and trying to get views, but it's not really that high quality. And they're using all of these shady techniques. So here are some SEO practices to avoid. Number one, keyword stuffing. It's good to use your keywords and to use them frequently in your content, especially in the title for your content. But don't try to be spammy with how you use your keywords. For example, I have an episode I did a blog post as well on the best podcast hosting options. You can check it out at theaudacitypodcast.com slash hosting. Now, I came up with that title and the need for that post based on some search engine uh, study and research. But I didn't stuff it full of keywords. It shows up just fine. It's now, I think, the top for certain relevant searches But I could have tried too hard and named it something like best hosting servers for podcast bloggers, YouTubers, vloggers, video podcasters, audio podcasting to grow your audience and make money by monetizing your podcast. You see why I did. I just loaded it full of keywords. Some of them were redundant. Some of them are just completely unnecessary and irrelevant to the content. But also, don't overly stuff your show notes or your descriptions and excerpts with your special keywords. Just think about the newscaster example. Well, yes, Jim. Yeah, Bob, that's right, Jim. That's right, Bob. But that back and forth, don't 
be that kind of way in your show notes. For example, I, I could say podcast hosting options can be confusing, but the best podcast hosting options will work for audio podcasting, video podcasting, and even YouTuber bloggers. Learn these best podcast hosting options so you'll have the best hosting for your podcast. It's just overly stuffed with the keywords in there. So that's number one, keyword stuffing. Number two, abusing the fields. And I know there are some very famous podcasters who are doing this, and I really don't recommend doing it because I can just imagine the day that iTunes and other podcast directories will crack down on these things and start uh, penalizing those people who abuse the fields. When you look at a podcast in iTunes, the podcast itself, not the these individual episodes, you'll see the title, the artist, the description, and the cover art primarily. Some podcasters will do some things that I think are a little bit shady, where they will replace their artist name with a subtitle, or they're stuffing their title with all kinds of keywords and guest names in order to try and show up in some of these things. Now, some of that is okay. I'm not saying don't do any of that at all. But remember, the fields were not designed for that kind of information. You can put some in, but don't stuff it full of that and abuse the fields. For example, uh, one of the things that you could do or I could do with the Audacity to Podcast is I could make my artist tag or field say Daniel J. Lewis, podcasting coach. That's great. But this is where you don't get crazy. You can have it your way, but don't get crazy. If I were to put in there podcasting expert, coach, award-winning podcaster who's an expert on all things podcasting, WordPress, and social media, Daniel J. Lewis, that's too much. Keep it short, keep it simple, clean, don't abuse the fields, don't hack these things just in order to show up higher in search results. Be genuine, be authentic, be high quality with your content and with your titles. That's number two, abusing the fields. Number three, bad practice for SEO is scarce or no show notes. Write more than just a single sentence for your show notes. Anytime you include a list in your podcast, links, media, any kind of resources, anything really that you mention in your, in your podcast that you think people might want to check out, put it in your show notes. And I do recommend that you have more than just a bullet point list of the raw items mentioned in your episode. Write a little bit for each of them. Write a sentence, hyperlink it a little bit here and there. And just in general, learn how to write better show notes. And I have a podcast episode about that. A link is in the show notes for this episode, number 179. So scarce or no show notes, bad practice for SEO. And number four, spam or cross-posting for backlinks. Backlinks are links to your other content or to past content from commonly from other sources. And search engines will often see these as building the authority of a particular post. But these search engines are also getting good at detecting fake backlinks, where it's like if I just, with my Bluehost account, I just pop up 20 other websites, load some generic content on them, and then make them all link back to one of my sites with certain keywords and such. Google and other search engines will see this isn't really high quality linking. This is fake linking. And I might get penalized for that. 
the best way to get quality backlinks is to write quality content and encourage and even empower your listeners, your readers, your viewers to share that content. With the Audacity to Podcast, I have not done any backlinking or anything like that. Even guest posting, I haven't really done much of unless it it was something I actually wanted to do. But for the sake of SEO, I haven't done much outside of my own website to work on my own SEO. But people are linking to me. They're linking to my content. They're adding to my search engine optimization with my content, adding to the authority of certain posts just by their legitimate linking to it. And the more popular their sites are, then the more authority that gives my own content because they're making high quality content and therefore probably linking to high quality content. So in conclusion, does SEO matter to podcasting? I would say yes, it does matter to podcasting and you should remember search engine optimization when you're working with your content, but your main focus needs to be making great content. Your SEO is for bringing new listeners or new subscribers in some way. It's not about if you build it, they will come from Field of Dreams. It's more like if you build what other people want and are looking for in a way that makes you findable, they will come. So your best SEO technique is really to focus on making that high quality content that people will want to share and that's easy for humans to consume even if it is by reading your show notes instead of listening or watching your show. Think about what makes stuff easier for you to consume, like headlines, images, titles, concise paragraphs, bold uh, words here and there, relevant hyperlinks, that kind of stuff. Think about what makes it easier for you and then try and apply that with the content that you're creating and that can be a good starting point. If you want to learn more about search engine optimization for podcasters, then please sign up for my email list when I will announce, with an early bird discount, my upcoming SEO for Podcasters workshop where I will go through all kinds of ways that you can optimize your content, giving you the practical details, showing you what to do on your website for making your content show up and rank better in search engine optimizations. You can sign up for that email list over at theaudacitytopodcast.com and you'll see the email sign up in the sidebar or in the footer, depending on the size of the device that you're particularly using at that time. Now, my podcast reviews is going really well. And this is my one announcement for this episode is check out mypodcastreviews.com. This is where you can automatically receive your international podcast reviews emailed to you without your having to go to iTunes, search for your podcast or multiple podcasts, change the countries and such. There was someone on Twitter I saw the other day that said, woohoo, I've got this many podcasts. And I ran their podcast through the system and I was happy to tell them, actually, you have this many reviews. You have more reviews than you thought because you've got reviews from these countries and these countries, and apparently you're really popular in this other country. And they were thrilled to see that. So if you want to find all of your international podcast reviews, go to mypodcastreviews.com. There are multiple membership levels there, including a free plan. And there's also a free ebook you can get on how to get more iTunes reviews for your podcast. That's all at mypodcastreviews.com. 
we are at just before the time of this recording. I checked the numbers, and we now are tracking more than 100 podcasts, and this amazed me. Nearly 8,000 podcast reviews in the system right now that have been tracked with my podcast reviews. So it's already getting used a lot by the 70 or so podcasters who are using the service and 70, 100, more than 100 podcasts. You can tell some of them have more than one podcast. Maybe they're tracking their competition. Maybe they're tracking more of their own podcasts. But this is a service designed to make things easier for you and faster. I, I, I love it every morning because I use the service myself. Every morning, I get an email showing me what the latest reviews are on my podcast. And sometimes, yeah, it's disappointing to see no new reviews, but sometimes it's really cool to get that email instead of having to go manually check or use software that's really, really slow and only works on a particular platform and will probably be dead soon. That's why my podcast reviews exist. So go check it out at mypodcastreviews.com and learn not only how to get more reviews from your podcast, but also learn more about your community by connecting with them, thanking them in your podcast for reviewing your show. Check that out, mypodcastreviews.com. And also go to the show notes at theaudacitypodcast.com slash 179 and share with me some of your stories about using SEO in your podcast. What have been some of your impressions of these shady techniques or what have you tried that did or didn't work with your own podcast? I'd love to hear from you. Comment on the show notes. We've got just a few more episodes or a couple more to cover in this Challenging the Podcasting Assumptions mini-series. Email your suggestions and other feedback for future episodes to feedback at theaudacitypodcast.com or call and leave a voicemail at 903-231-2221. Now that I've given you some of the guts and taught you some of the tools, it's time for you to go launch or improve your own podcast for sharing your passions and finding success. I'm Daniel J. Lewis from theaudacitytopodcast.com and The Ramen Noodle on Twitter. Thank you for listening. The Audacity to Podcast is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. You thought the TV shows were over for the season. Well, Under the Dome is coming back. Check out our podcast about it over at underthedomeradio.com and so much more that we do, other things that we'll be having fun with over the summer and productivity tips and so much more going on at noodle.mx. The Audacity to Podcast is also a proud member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Find more at techpodcasts.com.